Hello, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. I'm Matthew Clark. Recently, I watched a documentary about one of my favorite musicians, Peter Gabriel. Uh, It was a behind-the-scenes look at the making of his this kind of breakthrough album, uh, So. If you've ever heard the song In Your Eyes from the late 80s, you've heard this album. Uh, the thing that encouraged me so much was to discover how difficult the process really was for Gabriel. I mean, I, t- I tend to imagine my creative heroes just kind of carelessly sneezing out these brilliant works of art. Uh and then I can't understand, like, what's wrong with me since life can feel so overwhelming and bewildering a lot of the time. So just just discovering that that I was wrong about that, that my impression was wrong, that these big, big names, big heroes of mine, that they fight the same battles that I do. And that's such a relief to me. Um, so actually today I'm in one of those gray days when uh, it's just taking everything I've got to make myself put this podcast together. And like I really don't want anyone to know that because I want to live up to that example or that ideal that's in my head of of uh, like my creative heroes. But um, But I just got through saying, I just got through learning how seeing their weaknesses actually really encourages me. So it's kind of ironic, but I'm remembering that that this is kind of the point of this podcast, though, is to help each other travel together on pilgrimage. And sometimes that means that the, the long hike is really exciting. You know, we're excited to be going somewhere. And other times we're out of breath and we just collapse to kind of nurse uh, our blistered feet. And I want so badly... Uh, to be impressive or feel like I got it all together. But today, um, I'm just kind of tired of the hike, to be honest. It's, uh, but it's normal. That's normal. It's normal to get tired. It's normal to stop and rest. So, if you're a little tired, uh, so am I. So, let's take a few minutes to stop at a roadside chapel along the pilgrimage and just pray for each other. And uh, I hope today's essay can be like that, can light a little candle for you along the way. Today, I don't want to write anything. I've just started several documents, gotten a few paragraphs in, and deleted them. The more I try to write, the more tired I feel. Like every word is a burden. Somebody said, one of the hardest things to do is just say what you mean. Maybe all art is just trying to close the gap between what we want to say and what we feel able to say. Between how we live and how we want to live. How we love and how we wish we could love. There is a joy set before us. And we keep taking each painful step to close the distance, one at a time. But we wonder whether we can make it across the dark room. Some days it takes all I've got just to lift one foot into the air and set it down a few inches forward. Some days I don't even know what I want to say, and it's hard to make out the vision of the joy set before us 
through this shadowy fog. Then I remember this is not the first time this has happened. It comes and goes. Maybe it lasts a week or a few months. Sometimes the darkness lightens by the next day. I'm learning to calibrate my response to it, knowing that it's just a thing that happens. I had a counselor once who told me something very helpful. She had an acronym, HALT-B. It stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired, or Bored. She said that when you start to feel despair creep up on you, stop and check to see if it's been a while since you've eaten, whether something you care about is being threatened. If you've been away from your friends too long, maybe you just need some sleep, or if your gifts need a place to play. That's interesting and helpful to me. N.T. Wright reminds us that we are spiritually physical and physically spiritual. So something like a lack of sleep or hunger can really throw us off spiritually, just like anger or loneliness can throw us off physically. Knowing that helps me relax a little when I feel the anxiety swell, though it doesn't magically fix it. It's not particularly cool to talk about sin, but the old view of sin was that it didn't just have to do with our behavior, but that it was also like a pollutant loosed in the earth, moving in and tainting everything. That means there's no magical therapeutic fix. There's no trick of human willpower. There was the inbreaking of a radical healing agent when Jesus came the first time, and the final fix will only take place at his second coming, when the resurrection is fully realized. Still, I love the way my friend Bubba, a juvenile drug court counselor and deacon at our church, describes the wisdom of counseling. He says, To imagine you have to cross a pitch-black room. It's filled with obstacles. You try to go across in the dark, and you pummel your shins, You knock your head on a lamp, and you slip on some marbles somebody left on the floor, and you bruise your tailbone. Wisdom and good counsel don't remove the obstacles, but they light votives around the room, so you can see where the obstacles are. Counsel doesn't fix the problems. It sheds a little light, so you can work your way across the room. So maybe today is a bust. If it is, that's okay. Or maybe it's a chance to remind myself of what everyone experiences as they try to get across the room. Some days, the lights go out and I slam my shin into a table. Other days, time with a friend or a nap adds a little light to the room and I make it across one more time. Shmaimon says we are created to be hungry creatures. Days like today, I remember how hungry I am for light. Light enough to see my broken places that helps me accept them. Light enough to know there are others in the room with me. Light enough to sit tight when the votives flicker and I get disoriented by the shadows wavering on the wall. I think that's what the psalmists are doing when in the midst of despair they fight to remember God's past faithfulness. 
Scripture says, in your light we see light. What a bright phrase. And mysterious, too. He is the light of light itself. Even light has no light apart from the Lord. And Scripture also says he will not snuff out a struggling wick. He will trim and tend the guttering candle. The Incarnation bears witness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, because the light that is the light of every light has entered the room. He's made it across to the joy, marking a way for us to get through. Maybe that's the best news for me to remember today, that of all the little votives strewn about this shadowy room, Jesus is not just one more candle. He is the flame. He is in all of the flames, lending them His light as they lend me theirs. He is here. It's popular to talk about being authentic, but even that can become one more thing to hide behind. Still, a necessary part of life and therefore of the creative process is, I think, to be in touch with reality. The more I learn about the people I look up to, the more I discover they're fighting the same battle to cross this same shadowy room. So maybe it's worth writing this to you today. If it can be a way of lighting a little prayer votive in there. As if to say, some days are like this. That's normal. I'm sure you know what I mean. The Lord says that even the darkness is as light to Him. If that's true, then even on days like today when I feel like my offering is just shadowed smoke trailing wearily up from a smoldering wick, God can make that darkness prayer of light. Just as I finished writing this, I got a phone call from my friend Luke Ash. Um, I've learned a phrase from Luke that I've heard him repeat over the last couple of years. He'll say, um, the Lord was really sweet to me in that moment. Uh, The Lord is sweet to send a friend to call and kind of light a little candle for me today. That's pretty cool. Um, That kind of reminds me of a poem I wrote almost a year ago, so I think I'll close with this poem. Um, The story is that I was at a coffee shop nearby, and I was sitting outside, and under the table I saw this little blue post-it note on the ground. And somebody had written three words on it. All it said was, another long day. So I think maybe this poem kind of lines up with what I've been trying to say today. So I'll close with this. Another long day, written in blue, on blue paper discarded. A crumb left thin under the table by a stranger, weary as she was. Some coffee shop castaway, like me, dropping this note into the sea of kept worry to watch it wave back at her. I see you, invisible one. Imagine your cursive, knotted thoughts making their way to the pen's tip to cry out from the bottled, unnoted. That little square of ocean 
bearing your bled words, communicates the long waters between islands, and here your note is noticed, noted. And even if unknowingly, two sail now together. All right. Well, thank you, friends, for listening. Um, You are fellow pilgrims on the way, and I hope we can encourage each other. Um, But that's all for this week. I'm Matthew Clark, and I will see you next time.